Welcome to The Loop with Stan Guthrie. As an author and communicator, Stan offers a critical and often humorous look at the day's issues, all from a distinctly Christian perspective. From his home studio in Chicagoland, where it snows far too often for his tastes, Stan cheerfully takes on all comers in a culture that is losing its mind without losing his. And now, here is Stan Guthrie. For some time now, I've been honored to be a weekly guest on Thursdays on Curtain Cape Mornings on the Moody Radio Florida Network. And this week, I was privileged to speak with them about a new article by the great Philip Yancey. It's a special conversation, and I'm using it with permission. I hope you enjoy it. I do want to ask you, though, Stan, this morning about the article that you and I both read uh, that Philip Yancey, who is an author, uh, that was in Christianity Today this week. Of course, uh, Philip's books, uh, my goodness, The Jesus I Never Knew, Disappointment with God, uh, Where the Light Fell is his autobiography. And by the way, Family Life Today, which we air here, uh, 2 o'clock Monday through Friday, they had Philip on last week, and that was a really good conversation. He was talking about this, but he did not bring up in that conversation the issue that he has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, Uh, And he writes this, he says, I've spent years writing about pain and suffering, and now I'll spend years learning how to live with physical disability. Mm. There's a lot of good stuff here, Stan. Uh, I'd love to give your, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Well, Philip is, I guess, one of my writing heroes. One of my favorite Christian books fairly early on in my Christian life was Where is God When It Hurts? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that was profound to me. Uh, as I was wrestling with some of those issues and um, as I really needed an apologetic for, you know, God's uh, care and his existence in the midst of suffering. And uh, so I I just note um, not a little irony, I guess, that uh, uh, Philip is now experiencing what he wrote about so many decades ago. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to write about it. I know this myself as a writer. It's another thing to actually live through it and uh, deal with it on a personal level. Mm. Yeah. Didn't he co-author uh, with Dr. Brand? Yes. What is the book? Yeah, about the, um, the leprosy, the, yes, the lepers about and the, all of that. Yeah, yeah. about all the uh, what, uh, beautifully made, uh, fearfully made, fearfully made. I think yeah, is the name I think of it. Yeah. Went, yeah, yeah, and I think he co and I, that book really hit me. I, I think that's a wonderful. Yeah, book fearfully too. and wonderfully, wonderfully made. Yeah, Doctor yes, Paul yes, Brand, yes, yeah, B R A N D. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as far as this article goes, um, I think it's really interesting. Um, obviously, my heart goes out to Philip and anyone who's uh, suffering from Parkinson's or, or other maladies that we have to face in this world. Um, he is. Uh, in this article, it, it seems like he's still processing what has happened to him. The article actually says that he got the final diagnosis about a month ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's only been dealing with the symptoms since the fall. So he is still um, 
really just wrestling with with what he is afraid is going to be his new normal and he's not sure how how far the disease is going to progress but I, I note that there's some um, looking a little bit beyond the horizon into some spiritual realities that are going to uh, stand him in good stead as he goes through this um, one is one is simply that uh, people who suffer tend to have more um, I, I don't know. I, I don't have it in front of me. Put together lives, they t- tend to be better organized in their life and to and to live more purposefully when they're suffering. Oh yeah, yeah. First, I think mm-hmm. I think yeah. that this is. I think this is what you're talking about. This is what he writes. With some exceptions, those who live with pain and failure tend to be better stewards of their life circumstances than those who live with success and pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes we take it for granted if we have it too easy, and yeah. you know. The fact is, we're all going to face something, whether it's, you know, when we're born as it was with me or, um, you know, later in life. I mean, Philip is 73 years old. So, you know, this is not a total surprise that he has Parkinson's. I mean, it happens. Um, but we, but the, the key is to um, give it to God and to, um, you know, maintain your faith uh, by his grace as you're going through it. And it's not easy at all. Um, I, I would say, uh, we need to look here. Well, I'll just say, here's what's helped me. I have cerebral palsy. I was born with it. It's a, it's a brain injury that affects your motor abilities. Uh, primarily for me, my walking and a little bit of my left arm. I've, I've known people with cerebral palsy who are, um, basically stuck in a wheelchair. They have difficulty talking. And as far as I can tell, thinking, Um, So I I really have a pretty light case of it. But one thing that's really helped me is to, one, realize that Jesus identifies with me. He's gone through everything that we've gone through, not in every particular. But I I just think of, uh, I have a picture of him in my mind when he's on his way to the cross, uh, stumbling and falling. And I've certainly done that. And he was, you know, nailed to a cross and unable to do for himself and suffered enormous pain. Um, But as I I was talking about this article with my wife, Christine, last night, and, uh, you know, one thing that we agreed was um, it's not, it's not Christ identifying with us. That is the ultimate for the Christian who's suffering or going through illness or disease. We have to get beyond his identification as good as that is. I mean, the whole he gets us campaign is about um, him identifying with us and understanding us. Uh, but we have to go farther. And the farther that we go is to realize that he eventually was raised from the dead. And, you know, there has to be a resurrection for there to be real hope. And so if I had the opportunity to talk with Philip and help him process what he's going through, I'd, I'd want to point him not just to the cross, but to the empty tomb uh, where Jesus <laughs> was, was raised on the third day and he eventually ascended into heaven. And that's where we're going. Um, this all has a purpose. We don't always know what it is. I think he, he would admit that, that we, we don't know, but mm-hmm. we can be faithful in the midst. But we have our eye on, on the ultimate uh, joy that's facing us. You know, Jesus, for the joy set before him, uh, despised uh, the cross and its shame, Hebrews 12 says. And so we need to take that kind of 
an attitude that this is not the end, that death is not the, does not have the final word, that disability in the end is not what's most important about us, but it's, you know, are we not only identifying with Christ in his uh, life and his death, but in his resurrection as well. And one day that will happen and, and we will be done with this, with these terrible things that happen to us. Man, I'm telling you, that's really, really good truth that mm-hmm. you're sharing with us. And Stan, it's hit close to home for you. What about people who are dealing with disabilities that are very obvious? Um, and it could be Parkinson's, it could be cerebral palsy, it could be anything like that. Do you have to come to a point where you do not worry what other people think about you or if they say <laughs> things about you? Um, tell us tell us more about how you process that. Oh, man, that's a good question. And I would say I respond a lot better than I used to, but still sometimes it hurts. Uh, Philip talked a lot in this article about not wanting to be put to shame. He was quoting Psalm 71, and that really means a lot to him now. And I can tell you that it can you can feel very ashamed uh, through no fault of your own uh, when you fall or just when people are uncomfortable around you or you can't do things uh, that uh, most people can do. You know, Philip talked about he probably won't be able to ski again. Well... I've never been able to ski (laughs) and uh, I I understand the pain of that and the shame of that. You know, if, if you have friends or acquaintances who are doing things and you have to hang back, but uh, you know, that's not the end of it. You have to realize, um, and, and I've, I've come to realize more and more that God in, in some inscrutable way that I don't understand gave me this and that, um, there will be a reward for my putting up with it, my, with my faithfully living through it. And I need to realize that this life is not the end. So, yeah, sometimes people say insensitive things. They usually don't mean to. Kids are, kids are the worst. But, of course. But, of course. You know, I'm, I'm used to the kids. You know, they say, Mommy, why does he walk that way? Or, you know, now if I'm riding around on my scooter, they say, What's that? And so I'll go over to them and I'll, you know, I'll let them look at the scooter, maybe press some of the buttons or something. But yeah, it's still difficult. I mean, you never quite get over it. At least, you know, I don't, because I don't think this is the way that God created the world to be. This is not natural. In a sense, it's natural, but. Um, in a in a sinless world, in a world uh, where everything is perfect, we won't have disability. I'm looking forward to that, Amen. and I'm I'm sure Amen. Philip is in a whole new way. He's Amen. he's written so much about it. He's interviewed so many people. He struggled with his own things. He broke his back in an auto auto accident That's years right. ago, so he knows about disability. But now you know it's coming home fresh to him again, and we all are learning bit by bit, uh, day by day to release our grip on this world so that we can take hold of the next one. Yeah. Stan, thanks for being with us today. Really, really important conversation. We always enjoy your visits, but man, this one is, uh, it's the gold standard. Thank you for being so uh, (laughs) transparent, too, with with your own struggles. It's very helpful for all of us. Well, you're welcome, and I, I figure that's one of the reasons that God put me on this earth is to maybe open a window for some of this stuff so people can understand it a little bit more.
if you know anything about me, and hopefully this podcast is bringing us a little closer together, you'll know that I love classic TV, the kind of shows that appear regularly on MeTV or Heroes and Icons. I'd like to read the summaries on H&I for Baywatch tonight. Now, most of the programs on H&I have very brief summaries. For example, MacGyver, the episode called Friends, simply says, MacGyver contemplates resigning from the Phoenix Foundation. Short, sweet, and to the point. Well, for some reason, the Baywatch summaries are almost the full story in themselves, and they're a little bit of fun. Here is tonight's schedule for Baywatch. First episode, it starts at midnight. The episode is called Diabolique, written in sort of a French fancy style. And here's the episode according to the summary. Mitch rescues a troubled young woman named Sarah from her boat after it catches a fire, after which she charms Mitch and gets his mother, Irene, to hire her as a nanny for Neely's baby, Ashley. But Mitch gets concerned when Sarah quickly develops a dangerous obsession with him and tries to win his affections at any cost. When Mitch lets Sarah down, she immediately shows her true colors and plots to make Mitch's life a nightmare. Meanwhile, April and Manny join a charity kite flying charity contest arranged by Newman for his nephew Todd, a bitter diabetic young boy who resents not being able to play with other kids due to his illness. And now for the episode at 1 a.m. Baywatch, Sharks, Lies, and Videotape. Mitch deals with Captain Alexis Alex Riker, the conniving CEO of a private lifeguard company called Bayguard, who wants to take over the Baywatch lifeguard company to expand her company. When Mitch suspects Alex of setting up rescues to appease Chief Johnson, he resorts to having Cody spy on the Bayguard team to uncover any underhandedness. Meanwhile, April is approached by fellow lifeguard Bridget to pose for a visiting Italian designer for a new swimsuit line. Now, friends, that's entertainment. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on The Loop with Stan Guthrie.